0: hey Peppin. yo 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 you know i've been thinking a lot lately about some things that i think i know that other people don't know
1: really is it about like dogs cats and like that beaver that we saw at one time i mean uh, listen i think about that beaver a lot i didn't expect that beaver to come out from that place but when it did it was lovely I know it
0: really was. Are we talking about rocket power?
1: Oh my god, the, the rocket power that that was the best thing I've ever seen. That was real fucked up. Like, no, it's, but it's still on YouTube, though. How is it
0: still on YouTube? I that's that actually blows my mind because it should not be. But it reminds me of uh, like no, I'm talking about like facts that uh, other people don't necessarily know that I don't think normal like people just have in their brain. And I have some stuff that I
1: think would be really cool to share. Ooh, I think I'm ready. I think. We need to talk.
2: What even is that? Oh, yeah. You remember
1: remember (laughs) Rocket Power? Well, yeah, I remember Rocket Power. So there's this video on YouTube and... I across it on uh, Facepunch.com, if you remember that site. It used to be big. I don't. But uh it's, uh, how do you say, it's kind of like <laughs> making fun of Rocket Power, but everyone's like perverted and porn and people die. It's basically Rule 34 for Rocket Power. Yeah.
0: Oh no. Yeah. But this was early s- internet when like Rule 34 didn't really exist in a con- conceptual way. Um, so
2: (laughs) it kind of blew my mind. Oh no, yeah, no, that's Rule Thirty Four is a. I'm I'm even hesitant to call it a slippery slope because that sounds. It's a moist slope. (laughs) Just a soggy ramp, (laughs) soggy (laughs) ramp of just. So you have seen debauchery is. Uh, well, the soggy (laughs) ramp. (laughs) That's don't Google that that. Sounds like a rocket power thing.
1: Soggy ramp of debauchery. Ooh, yeah. the soggy ramp. That that could be like a great like entrance. Like a great name. Like don't no Don't don't
2: don't say it's a great entrance.
1: All right. We could <laughs> go into this. Yes.
2: Ready. <laughs> oh you buffer sentences. We need buffer sentences. Uh yeah,
0: I mean we will cut. That's <laughs> yeah, I know,
2: I know.
0: <laughs> Welcome back! So glad you guys could join us. I am here once again with my best friend Nathan
1: Pepin. How's it going today, Pepin? Yo, yo! I am here. I am ready. I am excited for this excellent, amazing podcast we're gonna do together as people with an amazing guest. Uh, who, who's our guest again, Steve? It's Ooh. Tyler from Who Wants Bananas. Oh, I want Yay. bananas! Yes. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> and I mentioned this before, <laughs> but uh, the. Who Wants Bananas, the, I uh, love the show, great, highly suggested, Who wants bananas.com, head on over there, check out the show, um, but the, every time I think about bananas, I think about Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Two. You gotta get that potassium. And it's a super, it's a deep cut, I think, uh, but there's just a scene where they, the little, the, one of the kids' knee is like about to faint or die or something. And they're like, oh, we got to get him potassium. Just quick, just ram a banana in his mouth. That's right. That's where I um, learned about that issue. Uh, what's it
2: called? Uh, lack of banana itis. Oh my God. Right. It's, a sol- it's the problem we're trying to solve one obscure 90s movie. At a time.
1: <laughs> we actually knew that person. Uh, you're more friends with the meter, but they had that thing.
2: Wait, which one? <laughs> the one that starred in the movie I guess. oh, oh. okay
0: wait <laughs> shannon Shannon. wait your friend shannon
1: no your friend shannon
2: i don't know any shannons If that's we need to clear that up <laughs> okay I w- okay sure yeah i remember right.
0: that wait are you, t-
1: <laughs> are you talking about anemia because that's Maybe. an
0: iron deficiency,
1: not a potassium deficiency. It's totally to do with potassium. Sometimes you have enough potassium, you get anemia. When right? your body
0: gets potassium in, it's like, I'm going to put that right, into, right,
2: right over into calcium. We'll just slot that in. Just <laughs> slot that in. It's,
0: it's fine. <laughs> fine. It just sticks in there. So uh, really, really happy to have you on, Tyler. Really excited. Last time you guys were on, you and Ryan were on, we talked about um, video games. And every obscure fact i have is either about video games or shrek so oh god i really and one of them's about both so i really want i want i want to talk (laughs) about some like really obscure video game stuff that you guys probably don't know see what you do know and i'm gonna be super impressed if you know any of the things i'm gonna say and then i i want to hear what you guys know about like you have a vast knowledge about one thing or a series of things that are is really obscure
2: yeah, it'll uh, it'll get interesting. This is just uh, effectively mainlining trivia. Yeah, at this point, there's <laughs> just no, no trivia questions. that has just. no other
0: use except right here,
1: right now. Right,
2: which is the best use. It really is.
1: Really, <laughs> I, dig, um, I dig. Okay, give me. Are these going to be like facts that we have nothing, like no context with? Because like, you give me a fact about, say, some Atari game that no one's ever played. But that I mean, that, that would be, be very fun. interesting.
0: It would be for me. <laughs> but no. Uh, so I have a series of facts that I'd love for you guys to maybe I'll maybe I'll find a way to make like a uh, make a little guessing game out of it. Um, but they're about the Nintendo sixty four, one of my favorite consoles of all time, the first console I ever personally owned.
2: I there is one about twelve feet. Yeah, away there's from one right through this right wall now. <laughs> Yeah, we have one uh we have one in our office that we don't have a way to hook up yet. <laughs> but it's been it's been sitting here for. I'll like a start
0: year. with uh with a light one that a lot of people do know. Um the game Animal Crossing that came out on the GameCube was originally released in Japan on the N64 called
2: Animal Forest. I think I vaguely knew that. I think I saw that not too long ago, but like was it was it like a popular release when it came out or was just Yeah, it was and
0: they were gonna they were gonna put it on the N64 in the US, but the GameCube was coming out, so they uh just rerouted all of their efforts to just releasing it ready to go on the GameCube and it had a, a more functionality on the GameCube as you can imagine.
2: Yeah, that make, that makes a lot more sense. Um Yeah, because that's interesting that they even bothered releasing it uh in Japan at that point on the N64. Yeah. Um so effectively the thing that started the whole animal crossing craze was literally an N64 game that was just polished up and kicked over. Yeah, the it's
0: the last game ever released on the N64 is the uh and I don't have facts up anywhere. Anything we say, we can't look up. They need to come from our brain. Right. So we need to just know these Uh-oh. facts.
2: Uh-oh. This is this is a I problem. I exci- oh I'm excited to untangle the problem. Jumbled. Oh, no. Oh, that's well Professionals have been trying to get. That
1: <laughs> so that's actually a thing with a good number of games, from what I know. So I, I believe that uh, there's Mario that came out. I forget how it works out, but there's one of the Mario games, like Super Mario. And then there's a Super Mario 2, mm-hmm. but that actually never came out in the U.S. Right. And then they just went to Super Mario 3, but Super Mario 2 in Japan was actually something else. So they just kind of skipped over that or something to They'd, that effect. Yes uh, and no. Yeah, Super Mario
2: 2 was not a real game. So Mario Two was Doki Doki mm-hmm. Panic, and it was it, oh Super Mario. 2, I I think I brought it up in the last uh, Who Wants Bananas episode. Anytime someone's like Mario Two is the best one, not a Mario. Yeah, game. it is. Free skin of a Japanese well, game.
0: It was no, a because skin. Mario didn't have a, a set way that it was designed at that time. It the the first one was Donkey Kong, and then it went to which is arguable, but and then it went to you know Mario where you're you're platforming. Um, side-scroller, and then it went to, to a different, different play style. Zelda was the same way. Zelda well, 1 versus Zelda 2, but you can't say Zelda 2 isn't a Zelda game.
2: Well, the reason I say Mario 2 is not a Mario game is because it literally is just a skin of a Japanese yeah, game. So? It was not designed from the ground up. It was... It, it It's a sham. It's a farce. Do you know what Doki Doki means? I'm worried. I, I, do, I don't. <laughs> it's
0: onomatopoeia for the sound that uh, rapid beating heart makes.
2: That's terrible. Really? So heart yep. panic. Well, it's so a heart attack too. I kinda, yeah. A heart attack.
1: <laughs> that, that's kind of weird with certain things in like other languages. Okay. This is a side tangent, but uh, th- that's one example. Uh, for frogs in Japan, they don't go ribbit, they go keru. So uh, I only know this because I watched My Hero Academia, but uh, there's a, like a frog character and in the Japanese version, it goes keru, keru, keru. And That's cool. I don't know where huh. they get that from because it's just my context. But I'm like, I don't know how you hear a frog, and you don't hear a ribbit.
2: Because it's because they sound I like mean, Karu. Karu, kin-
1: Karu. Kin- 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 yeah.
2: Do you do you think a frog can articulate hard R's and T's hmm, in Japan? Hmm. That's, to be fair, yeah, the frogs might be speaking <laughs> Japanese. You don't
0: know. <laughs> um. Okay, Nate. Do you have a? You got a fact?
1: Oh, I got many facts. Though. Okay. So give me a. A topic, not like a very, like, I don't know, don't, don't, don't give me like a too specific topic. This a topic. Music. Music? Okay. Uh, what kind of music fact? Just, just I'll come up with some if you want. I mean, come on, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll stick to
0: video games. You can have all of music.
1: Okay. I want to come up with one, which is... could be a
0: hyper-specific about Pink Floyd specifically, or mm-hmm. it could be about something way more vague
1: audio recording back in the day. It used to be very sketchy. So the microphones weren't really that great. And a lot of the reason why you had the old timey kind of audio sound is because the the microphones didn't have a very good bass response. So you kind of get this tinny kind of sound. And if you listen to kind of cheaper headsets, they kind of had that sound too. maybe it's a little bit different. But there's easy ways to actually achieve that through, say, a little bit of audio processing. Nowadays, is you just kind of roll off a bunch of the low end, and you can kind of get that old timey radio feel or old timey uh, kind of sound. And another aspect to that too is people tried to work in the the mics in a different way back then, because you know pe- people on older movies that sound kind of strange because they sound like, I don't know "What do you say about that?" Like no one, no one talks <laughs> like that anymore. Like but the Transatlantic. Was a, pretty much. So so they were actually just trying to, like, work the mic in a way because the mic had a certain, say, frequency response and had a certain kind of, like, way it sounded good. So you actually had to kind of pronounce and kind of articulate in a way that actually picked up the mic and had, had the mic pick it up where it sounds good. Now, what's really weird and really interesting is there eventually was a kind of a revolution in, say, microphone technology and recording technology. And this started happening in the 60s, definitely in the 70s and 80s. And ever since then, like, they just figured out microphones. Like, microphones, they're might be a little bit better here or there, but in general, like, the microphones of today and all the audio recording stuff of today is actually, like, comparable to the 70s. Like, you record with a microphone in the 70s and 80s, it's going to sound probably about as good as today. Uh, now, one little side tangent with this, too, with music, is people will talk about music, and they would say that music nowadays is w- worse quality and that they want to get that full dynamic range of, let say say, uh, uh, older recordings. So they'll say, you know, this record here was mastered to these levels and this was mastered to this. And they say that dynamics nowadays aren't that great. And there's truth to that. But all at the same time, the dynamic range and fidelity of music back then was much, much less because there's so much noise in the analog domain. Now that we have these uh, digital converters, we can actually get far, far better recordings, far, far more range within the recordings. So in a lot of ways, audio recording has improved and it's made us more capable, but in an ironic sort of way, since it's done that, we've been actually squashing the dynamics down over time. So that that's my sound slash music fact. It took me a second to pull up out of my ass, but I did anyway.
0: <laughs> well, that's that's pretty cool how little things have changed, uh, but how much they've changed at the same time. Okay, I got one better fact here. So, okay, it's not your turn. Perfect. I, 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 we're going around. We're going do You think? You so think the only fact I have is that one s- silly one?
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <wow. You laughs> Aggressive <were right>. words. <laughs> um. So to to stay aggressively on brand, mostly because I can't think of anything else. Um. Apparently, this this is just knowledge I've inherited after we named a podcast "Who Wants okay. Bananas." Um. The the banana mm-hmm. flavoring. That you taste in everything that tastes nothing like actual bananas, apparently, used to be what certain bananas tasted like, um, and they so they took that banana taste, synthesized it down, and now those bananas are extinct. Mm-hmm. So those yeah, just amazing. don't. We're we're tasting dead bananas. Mm-hmm. Wow, and,
1: which banana fossil offshoot of
2: our show. It's basically yeah, where I. Again, I've never fact-checked that once. Oh, it's true. <laughs> so I have no Wait, idea if it's so right. But
0: bananas have changed more than microphones in the last 30 years, is what you're saying.
2: Uh, I don't know about the last 30, uh, but in their lifespan, probably. So
1: in a weird way, bananas have changed less than microphones. Uh, so here's a question to pose. Why did all those bananas go extinct? Because they
0: sucked at staying alive. To get to the other side
1: it's because they were all clones of each other. So kind of like in the same way that you can like clone marijuana in other plants, Mm -hmm. uh, you can clone bananas in other plants. So there was, every banana was essentially a clone of itself. And then there ended up being some sort of a disease uh, that uh, affected the bananas and it kind of killed the whole banana population. And they were like kind of scrambling because they're like, oh crap, how how are we gonna like actually handle this? So they created a new banana strain, which was resistant to this disease. And currently, every banana you eat is actually from the same, you know, gene, genome. It's actually the same banana. It's just a clone of that banana.
2: Hmm. How did I just get out banana facts? Wow, (laughs) banana facts.
1: They're hot right Mm. now. Yep. So hot. Yep, and and that's why they went extinct. And now we have the new banana. And bananas are a type of plantain, I believe. It's like in that family. Uh Plantains taste like potatoes. So they're tree potatoes. Tree potatoes is exactly right? Just lanky tree
0: potatoes.
2: <laughs> that was, I think their first name. Lanky tree potatoes is a sentence you just put together. Yeah, that's a, that's a, I'm going to make a new folk band called Lanky yeah, Tree I'm Potatoes. I'm going
0: to call Merriam Webster real quick and just let him know we changed, we changed the definition <laughs> of banana.
2: That'd be great if you can call him. He's blocked my number. <laughs> so,
0: um, okay. So the, uh, N sixty four fact. So there were a lot of peripherals made for the Nintendo sixty four.
2: Oh no, you're gonna steal like the only game fact I think. Okay,
0: I tell know. me tell me what you know about some of the game peripherals.
2: Uh, the the one that spawned the best selling generation of consoles of all time. The, I forget what they actually called it, but they, when they partnered with Sony to make the the disc okay. drive. Attachment for, I don't know if this is where no. you're going, but I'm going to get in front of you before, <laughs> before because I I assume you knew uh-huh. this, um, where, where Nintendo partnered with Sony to make a disk drive for their console, to the point where they manufactured a couple, anyway. Um, and before it ended up hitting production, Nintendo went, you know what, never mind, we don't want it. So Sony went, well, fuck this, we're going to make our own console, and then the PlayStation was born. Oh Nintendo, <laughs> what did you do? But also thank you. Um, so yeah, that's it's an interesting. And I think one there was one that was sold or found within the past year. I think it went for like a couple hundred thousand because there's only like six that are known to exist or something like that. There aren't many at all. I think they're all prototypes. But sorry, continue with the the peripherals because I imagine you know I I am, I am out of facts
0: now. <laughs> no, I think that's uh, that's. That's wonderful. the The disk drive, the sixty four DD. I was I was that's actually pulling up the Wikipedia article because I think they were partnering with, um, what's it called? With uh, Philips, and that's how the CDI came up. Uh, I think they switched to to partnering with Philips instead of PlayStation. <laughs> sure, that uh, well. or Sony, as it were, because the PlayStation didn't exist, so it was actually Sony, but. Um, so, I will, uh, no. So, the as far as other peripherals go, I want to talk about different controllers. Um, so, there were a couple that I don't think most people know about that I actually own, uh, and I do want to grab them and show them off on the stream. Um, I have one right here. Here's a peripheral that most people are familiar with. Plugs into the back of the controller. The, yeah. Is that the it Rumble is. Pack? This is the Japanese version of the Rumble Pack, um, as you can see, because it has Japanese lettering on it. So Um, it's for the
1: N64 right there?
0: Yep. So it plugs into the back of the controller, and then it makes the controller vibrate. And it runs on just regular batteries. And I remember it was... I used it mostly for, like, Star Fox, uh, but I think Donkey Kong 64 came with a Rumble Pack set as well, Um, and a couple others. So... Uh, a lot of games did utilize the Rumble Pack, so that. But that's a peripheral that a lot of people don't. Um, a, a lot of people do know about. Now, there's some that I think a lot of people don't know about that I do need to to run and grab. I have one literally sitting right there,
2: um, so I'm gonna grab it right now. This is this is gonna be interesting because I know I know a couple, but I don't know what's gonna come from a man who just pulled out a Japanese Rumble Pack. So I'm very, <laughs> I'm very curious. Um, I don't know why a Japanese one. They were made for the
1: U.S. Meteor's got, uh, like, he showed me a couple of products he has. He has, like, a lot of, of like, really obscure stuff. And I, I can't challenge him on his, his knowledge of, uh, of video game stuff. I know.
2: I don't even want to try to guess because my luck, I'll just stumble into whatever he's going to grab and just, like, the wind out of the sails or it's just gonna be something it's something I don't I don't even know. Just the wild world of, of Japanese peripherals. I don't even know. I assume there's gonna be like a fishing rod involved somehow. <laughs> I don't even really know how it's gonna oh work. My
1: God. But I love those old games see. where it's just like you get out do the fishing rod and it's like <laughs> pulls in. Yep. Those were amazing.
2: Yeah, those I mean, weirdly enough they were like fishing video games, a lot more fun than actually fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we were speculating uh, we never actually guessed. We're curious, morbidly curious
0: about what uh, what it is. So there's yeah. a few. So I can't find one of them yeah. right now. And this will be the first one that I show off um, that was used in a game. Uh, and I do have the video game that it was used in. It's a f- oh, yeah. fishing pole. I swear to God. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's a fishing pole one and it has Four. the N64 buttons on it. I have it around here somewhere. I think it's in this mess of stuff. Um
2: So just so yeah. you're aware, while you were gone, that's what I, I love said. it. <laughs> I'm like, it's probably a fishing pole, knowing something, knowing peripherals. I'm like, I bet it's a I think
0: it's pole. called the Rumble. Uh no. There is another one. There's one, I'm Googling this. That's called uh the Rumble Rod. And it was made by Mad Cats. It's not that Ooh. one. There is an official Rod controller uh, that was made for the N64. Um, and the I, rumble th- rod, yeah.
2: I, man, we were talking about rule 34. <laughs> <don't
0: we? laughs> um, and but it was utilized with this game. Um, and this game's really cool, it's from the same guy who did um Kirby. Um, I can't remember yeah. his name, I, uh, something with an I. Um, but uh, this game was used in tournaments, and in the 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 guy who designed this game put himself in the game, and he competed in the official tournament and played as himself in his own video game in a tournament.
2: What a fucking power move! <laughs>
0: fucking uh, legend.
2: <laughs> did he win? I he had to. Win. I don't did know, know the
0: answer to that. I don't know the answer to that.
2: Uh, I mean. How upsetting would that be if you lost as yourself in a game you made to somebody also playing as well, you? But that I mean that would be hardcore. <laughs> that would that's be So, I
0: uh, uh, I got a couple more, but we'll we'll come back to me. That's that's mine, the fishing rod for the N64.
1: Okay, I'm going to keep on with the audio train here. So, this fact is about the evolution of music and how music started say it was influenced by technology and also how people listen and the venues of listening. So a lot of, say, concert halls and everything were designed in a way to amplify and kind of uh, be, say, synergistic with the instruments at the time. So back in the day, used to have a lot of, uh, say, classical instruments, say lots of tubas, lots of, say, uh, clarinets, uh, saxophones to some degree, you know, imagine like the normal concert band. So the halls and the stages were designed to kind of amplify it because the big problem back in the day was with those instruments, you have to have a lot of instruments to be heard in the whole, say, environment. So that that was what everything was designed for. And now as time goes on, we started getting amplification. And the big problem back in the day was bass because bass, I I don't know how much people know about like audio acoustics, but uh, bass has a lot of energy, but it's low volume or rather requires a lot of energy to put out a bass signal. So... Uh you have to have like a whole lot of tubas and you know bass instruments to kind of get that full bass sound in the orchestra. But then when they started coming up with amplification methods, they gained the ability to just amplify the bass and turn it up. And this started actually making it possible to play, say, a lot of types of music in different venues that you wouldn't normally play, such as like say ice rinks, you know, hockey rinks, or you know, these, these other kinds of environments. And they they were able to play these different sorts of things. So the issue with, uh, say, classical instruments is you can't play like in a hockey rink so much because there's so much reverb or there's so much re- reverb in the, in the room that it kind of destroys any dynamics and all the little trills and everything. But when you start getting the amplification and also distortion, you could actually have, say, these loud distorted sounds. And then you get to other environments where it's like, say, club music, so like dance music. A lot of the dance music was influenced by, say, these loud cl- clubs where you essentially don't want to be able to hear what the other person saying. You know, all you want to hear is the music. It's a huge, consistent volume. There's no dynamics. And it's partly there because it's it, essentially the music's kind of more conforming to the environment it's being played in than it is being, you know, say determined by just like uh, the, the artist. I mean, the artist is trying to make this for that live environment. And you think about like, say, uh, some hippy-dippy music, and Grateful Dead, you know, they're playing on a stage out in some middle of some nowhere town. I mean, that's kind of what that music was designed for. And then if you look at also the evolution of, say, other types of listening. So there's like live listening, but then they started making music more for, say, home consumption. So uh, we started getting, say, nice stereo systems. So a lot of music was designed for these nice stereo systems. And, you know, it's designed for optimal living. Like people used to, back in the day, they would just kind of sit down in the living room and just listen to a, like, a music, listen to sound. And they would be in like the best ideal condition for it. But then as time progressed, things started kind of changing. So boomboxes were a thing. So music started, say, conforming to those boomboxes and trying to like, you know, make it loud, kind of pumpy and just kind of like, you know, kind of party music. You just put the boombox, you know, out on the, you know, we're working or whatever and you can hear it, you know, wherever you are. And then as we started getting more and more towards, say, uh, like, say, the walkmans and, you know, the, the audio you can kind of carry with you. Now the audio we have, we're trying to listen to it everywhere. So as a part of that, you know, the loudness has increased with music. But that's because you want to make sure if you're listening to music that any place you listen to it is a consistent volume. And that's partly why uh, now Spotify and a bunch of these other platforms have, you know, loudness, say, standards. And it's a way to kind of make sure the loudness is the same across all their songs, number one, but also If someone is going to listen to this in their car, you know, at the gym, on a noisy subway, like anywhere they listen to it, it should be, you know, listenable. They don't have to, you know, turn the volume there. Whereas if you look at, say, older recordings, you're going to find that you're going to have to change the volume a little bit more or it's not going to be as listenable, say, at the gym because it was meant more for a listening experience in your home where you didn't have all this stuff going on, where it's just nice and quiet. You know, this is actually the entertainment you're having you know, you sit down and listen to a CD. Whereas now we listen to CDs as in any or music in any random place. So it's essentially a lot of the transitions and changes in music is what it's coming down to is a change in the medium for which it's communicated in it. it those two are intrinsically linked, whereas people kind of don't really see the connection there.
2: Pepin, the longer you talk, the more I realize I don't know a goddamn thing about anything. <laughs> like. That was, that was fascinating.
0: I mean, so are you talking about the actual music that's, because you had talked about, you know, the types of instruments that are being used, and then you ended up talking about like what the listening platform was and what the setting was. So it, it seemed to hit pretty much everything from what the
1: instruments are all the way through to where you're listening. Right, it's kind of a combination of both because, so this, you, you could think about. There's not really a difference between two technically because where you're listening, and also you used to listen live because that was the only choice. There was no recordings, so as the technology improved and the ability to listen to other places changed, then it, it kind of morphed to that.
0: So you're saying concert halls are the iPods of the 1600s.
1: yes essentially
0: understood that's a fucking (laughs) fascinating fact
1: but but it's it's also that there's new possibilities that kind of evolved like you can't have rock music in say certain venues or you couldn't have rock music in certain venues because those venues wouldn't be really conducive to it or you couldn't have you know concert music in those other venues like anything where it's super echoey it's it's not going to work out but you can play say acdc in like a in a uh in a, in a studio or not a studio in, a, in like a ice rink you can play in a stadium and it sounds great you can't play I mean you can tackle you but you can play like you know say classical music and other types of music but it's not going to work that well you can you don't really hear say light fluffy music at baseball games the reason why is because it doesn't really sound good at those locations
0: okay I don't think that's the reason why
1: I mean the,
2: yeah yeah that's a <laughs> hundred of the reason why we don't hear light fluffy music at the the eighth inning basis. Loaded. I think I
0: think the yeah, I think the like the emotional response that they're trying to trigger is what like you're hearing at those specific places. You know, you don't hear light, fluffy music when you're watching a UFC fight because it doesn't match. The tones are oh. different. I think that has way more to do with like <laughs> your your point remains untouched to that. But I needed to pick apart the one little tiniest little thing you said.
2: Would it, but maybe with it maybe it's because we don't want to hear it because it doesn't work well there. There's no punch to it, and that might be why it doesn't work. On both sides. So,
1: so my argument is, it, it, even if if even if he wanted to do it, it wouldn't work necessarily. Mm. Uh, I, see. I I mean, you could probably make it all right, but you know, like like think about like a like a nice say thing thing like that. You. Like, say, light and fluffier music that's going to be more in, like, say, a close club, like, a like a it's going to be a more intimate kind of region. And it's not just because th- that's like more synergistic with, say, the tone, but it's also because that light, fluffier sound that where that more, say, subtle dynamics, it's more, say, conducive to that environment. It's going to sound a lot better in that environment. Now, you can still get it with, say, on stage, but on stage musics, like on huge stages, they tend to be a lot louder and a lot more punchy. It, it's just in general, you get exceptions, of course. You know, mm-hmm. you, you see a lot of things, but typically you'll see these large stadiums played by these large, loud, punchy bands.
2: I want more Kenny G yep. at halftime. <laughs> uh huh. Is what I want. <laughs> yes. Just a soothing solo of the man with the most luscious locks in the Yes, I've ever seen. and yes.
0: And more <laughs> ACDC in nurseries. Ooh, yes,
2: please. <laughs> You've been People. I imagine those people growing up and seeing Kenny G at a halftime mm-hmm. show. To be fair, ACDC would be their nursery, so Kenny G would it be a would nice be. change of pace. I'd take
0: your babies to a baseball game. America's pastime. <laughs> Fresh out Past of
2: the nursery. <laughs> um, God. I even, see, the facts I know are usually just like one-off. Not a, not, not a seven-minute whole...
1: tirade. Yeah, that's usually how Nathan facts go. I, I, I am I'm
0: um, bad. Nathan's I, a fucking history lesson. <laughs> <laughs> My facts starts in the Garden of Eden, and it ends with
2: beating the devil. It's, it's, that's how it works. They're usually, I'm surprised. This is coming from the same person who didn't know there were more levels. <laughs> there were more levels <laughs> to the Bible.
0: I thought it all ended in Eden. I didn't know about. Gamora and
2: <laughs> what about oh Babe? <laughs> 34. <laughs>
0: so, yeah. uh, so, do you have a, a one-off fat? I know, I know, bananas are your specialty.
2: <laughs> oh, don't don't start bananas spreading. are <laughs> it's oh, no. Ty- Tyler. Uh, your middle name's Banana or? Uh, uh t- technically Tyler's a nickname. All my name, All. my my first middle and last name is just Banana Banana okay. Banana. That's that's it. Uh, actually, it's, it 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 adds more nanas as it goes on. So it's banana, bana, banana, banana, nanana and then Batman. And I, it's, it's it's tricky. Yeah, like Batman. Batman's my stepbrother. Um, but uh, is that where that score came from? From your mom yelling at you? Yeah. Banana, yeah, yeah. Batman. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> right, mom's singing again. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but. I think, I don't know, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of like genuine facts I'll have are probably focused around hip hop. Um, do it. One of my, one of my favorite and arguably more interesting, and, Peppin, I feel like you'll be able to call me out if this is wrong. Um, not, not do I feel like I'm positive (laughs) that if, uh, if I'm wrong, you'll call me out on it. But good old Dr. Dre, um, in in the more public eye he gets a lot of credit for for being a rapper he barely wrote anything he did and he's pretty upfront and honest about it um he specialized more in production and especially engineering um there's a reason why NWA still sounds good today um dre was mostly on the boards doing that engineering everything making everything sound good still kind of what he does now um and to that point, I, I appreciate the audio nerds behind every, like, good song um, that people just don't appreciate. There are plenty of, like, pictures of, like, rappers in the studio, and you just see, like, this Rick Rubin-looking dude who just looks like Zeus from any painting you've seen, who just looks super out of place. But that dude is making sure that song is going to be successful. <laughs> like, if he wasn't there, doesn't matter. So I... It, Dr. Dre obviously gets a lot of credit. Um, I think it's just a lot of misplaced credit um, where he should get appreciated as a, uh, an incredible producer as well as an incredible engineer. Um, but I think I think that's my fact. So in it, it, the game I play when I listen to a lot of Dr. Dre is find out who may have written the verse that he's actually rapping. So ch- chances are if he's featuring on a song with somebody, whoever he's featuring with wrote the verse yeah. for him uh it's it's very very interesting to to try to narrow down who wrote it mm-hmm. for him
0: and that's fast i think ghostwriting's super popular in, in general in the music industry uh, and i don't think it takes away from the from like the the skill
2: it i'm torn so it if it depends i think in in hip hop and rap it totally does because it doesn't it doesn't take much of a voice necessarily Uh, to rap right you most people if they can if they can sit down they can write chances are they can they can work their way pretty pretty much out of the gate to at least have a decent delivery singing is a little bit different um i think singing in and of itself is a talent that not everyone can do so if people are writing things for singers i think it's a little bit different again that might be just misplaced Mm -hmm. judgment on my part um but like the i think the the barrier for entry of rapping is way 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 lower than singing cuz like no like most people can grab a microphone can get some music and start effectively writing and reciting poetry not everyone's going to be freddie mercury I mean, yes um, but
0: you're taking an amateur versus literally the greatest vocalist of all time. So that's not really fair. True. I I, I and True. I and I disagree True. with you. I, that's fair. Because I think that there's something to be said about tone, uh, how words are said and flow that you can have poetry on a page, but to turn that into actual listenable and enjoyable uh rap and hip hop is night and day. The same to the same level that it takes to be able to uh to to modulate your voice to sound good when singing
2: yeah no i yeah and i i think the you you have a pretty solid point i think yeah if 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 we are going to go with my my terrible <laughs> <laughs> um uh comparison of like an amateur to effectively god status um but i i think the so i think what may be more accurate is the the skill gap between an amateur and someone at that caliber is much wider when it comes to singing than it is when it comes to to hip hop. Um, I think could be wrong. I've never I've never delved into the world of singing and Pep. And you look yeah. your you got something. So, so, <laughs> so I'm gonna <laughs> go, try go to it.
1: maybe explain this point out. So I, I think you're saying that with rapping the barrier to entry is a lot lower. So let's let's say you go from scale level zero, and let's say it's on a zero to 10 scale, it's easy to go from a zero to a five, let's say, so it's easy to go from like, say terrible or not being able to, to being somewhat competent with it. Whereas singing, it's harder to go from a zero to a five, like with rapping, you might be able to put out something, you know, within say, a couple months a year of practice, where Maybe it's not like amazing, but it's like, oh, oh this is rap. This is decent. You know, it's, it's it's mediocre, but, you know, it's not like terrible. Whereas you could spend a year trying to learn how to sing and still suck. Like n- no one's going to listen to it. I, yeah. me, you know, you know, I, I, I tried it. <laughs> uh, but one distinction I would make is that I do think that although those scales might be different, that maybe it takes longer to get better at singing. I'd say the best rappers put as much effort or to have as much, say, talent or, you know, where we might say impetus, uh, genius to them as, say, the best singers. So, like, there's definitely, I think, a gap in how far you, how fast you progress in there. But, like, there's certain rappers out there. Like, uh, one I think of, the main one I like is uh, Eminem. Like, he, he's definitely up there as far as, say, creativity, caliber, the way he kind of sits his lines. And, and also, uh, Biggie Smalls, you know, he also has a way of kind of like, saying things and kind of communicating in a way where it, it's it's very high class and high caliber and certainly freddie mercury has his own sort of you know say i, I think it's more different than it is like better or worse right i, I think they're two different scales here but I, I i would say yes like you progress faster you can get fast better you can progress faster with rapping than with singing, but. It also doesn't mean that getting really. I think it's also really hard to get good at rapping, like super good.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not saying it's like it's. It, it, I I think. Yeah, it's it's hard. It, they're both hard, right? Um, I just think there's yeah. There, I think you nailed it. There's a, uh, you can you can get to mediocre quicker, <laughs> in rapping than you can at singing. Um. But yeah, I mean, when once you get to the top. The top tier, the upper echelon of everything. Yeah, what those guys are doing on either side is incredibly difficult, and not everyone's going uh, to agree kind of to
0: disagree. Because I definitely disagree uh, uh, with you guys's point. <gasps> Everyone knows this bad boy. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> is that the uh, the game? Yeah, no. the Game Boy. Game Boy adapter. Most people used it for this Pac-Man Pokemon. So, so wait, what is that? What does it do? So it plugs into the back of your N sixty four controller, and you put in a game. Um and specifically, you know, for Pokemon, if you play Pokemon Stadium, you can put your characters from this game into Pokemon Stadium to battle against your friend who has their Pokemon in and then you can battle 1v1 in Pokemon
2: Stadium using your actual Pokemon. Huh. In I, th- I think that was the the first time maybe Pokemon Snap came before, I don't remember. Um but it was certainly the first time you could bring your own Pokemon into like a 3D realm. I don't That that game is wild. No, that's
0: a great game. Uh, Pokemon Snap, I think, was very, very late. It might be the last game released on the English on the US N64. That might be wrong, but I think it was very late game. (laughs) I think the
2: subtext for this whole episode is that. Yeah, pretty much.
1: (laughs) So, did you actually use this? Like, is is this something you just have for collectibles, or you actually do use it? Both.
2: Both. Yeah okay I mean, yeah it's something i've used before too i don't know if i have one anymore but i've mm-hmm. certainly used it
1: see i, I never really played the in 64 to be honest uh the only time i really played it was uh with you and nick stewart yeah
2: yeah back that's in, fair
1: back in college playing uh playing what was it uh super smash
0: yeah i have, sm- I have nice. Smash i've 64 in the other room in japanese
1: why do you go like that extra step and get the Japanese version?
0: I have the Japanese version of most games, yeah. and the answer is very, very simple money.
2: <laughs> what, like that you don't like
0: having no. any? So or? on eBay, <laughs> you can get Super Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Smash Brothers 64, um, and Mario Party. Or three Mario Party games in Mario 64 in Japanese for $20, five bucks a game. Each one of those games uh, in the US okay. is like $40 to $60. So <laughs> it's cheaper to get all four oh, of those them. in Japanese <laughs> than one of them in English. And most games, the, la- the language doesn't matter, especially if you know what you're doing. Does the language matter when you're playing Super Smash Brothers? No. Uh, Mario Party, sure. if you don't know the mini games, matters a little bit more, but you can still figure it out. Um, and the mod for it's very simple. They didn't have region lock chips at the time. So the back of an N64 game has little these little cutouts on it. And in mm-hmm. uh, in the US version, they're inset. and in the uh, Japan version they're on the outside and inside where it connects in to the slot. There's these two little knobs that make it so if you don't have that cut out, it won't slide in. So if you just cut those knobs off, you can put any yeah. game you want in there. So uh, there's Do you have there's another one device. that plugs into the back of your controller, and it goes to your finger, and it goes on your finger while you're playing, and you play with it on your finger. That it's a heart heart rate monitor. Rate
2: one. Mm-hmm. Did they were there any games I that actually? I think used there them?
0: were two. I can only remember one um and it's tetris and as your heart rate goes up the blocks drop faster
2: oh jeff is gonna have a hard time uh, with which i
0: don't find very very troubling because if you just never get like towards the top you you're never going to be stressed out about it uh yeah if you, if and you it goes doing really like that, right? slow when you're have normal resting heart rate
2: so does the game stop <laughs> if you die? <laughs> yes, everything does stops. It turn- like, right? Well, you're not wrong. Oh, we entirely lost Pepin. Um, uh, um, uh, so one of my my favorite rappers, good old ASAP Rock, Not to be confused with ASAP Rocky. Very, very different people. Very, very different styles of music. Um, there was a gentleman a while ago. I unfortunately I don't remember his name. Welcome back, Pepin. Uh uh, I. The gentleman put together an infographic of various rappers' vocabulary. Um, He ended up doing two versions. Um, So the guy, he put together an infographic of different rappers' vocabulary. So he ended up doing two versions. One of them, he's kind of had them uh, scattered to, to figure out what their density of unique words were, I think, in the first five years of each artist's respective careers to kind of get it as close to even as possible, um, and he kind of the top of the 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 chart. He kind of used Shakespeare as his baseline, just to kind of who have, invented have a range, his own right? words in order to <laughs> to write right. his write his rap. Basically, um, shockingly, wasn't he wasn't too far away. And actually, some of the rappers outdid Shakespeare. Um, the first chart didn't have Aesop Rock on it um and people were furious because like how dare you he's kind of the the most word dense rapper there is how can you not include him in this chart um so he responded he put out the chart cuz he said he initially made one with Aesop Rock on it but he was so far off the chart is an outlier of the scale so yeah basically he's like i i only didn't put it on here because visually it made no sense of how how much (laughs) how how dense his words were um and it's funny to see because like dmx is at the bottom of the list not a very large vocabulary i think a growl counts as one word um across his discography um but it's very very interesting that there are and i think most of wu-tang was pretty high up there too i think half of them like half of them being like 30 people um surpassed shakespeare um, so it's, it's very, very interesting to see where, where that is coming. I don't think people respect it enough. That's actually Personally, really cool. That's a different tirade. <laughs>
0: uh, I know we're, we're heading towards a wrap here, uh, pun intended.
2: Uh,
0: so I have one more big one that I wanted to show off uh, that I'm really,
2: really excited about. Are you living inside a Japanese N64?
0: Yes. So there are two. So there's, there's a game. It's called Densha De Go. It is a train simulator. And it uses a microphone attachment that's only used with one other game. Hey there. Uh, hey Pikachu or whatever that's called. Um, and Densha De Go. And it's used to greet passengers. And that's it in the entire game. Uh, you just you just use it to say, welcome aboard and thank you for riding our train. You you need three peripherals in order to play this game. One is the microphone, and you don't have to have that one. One is a regular controller, and that's just to select, and the last one oh, is shit. this right here.
2: Oh, it's the Gensha
0: they de Go <laughs> actual train controls. Man, I'm so excited to get to show this stupid thing off. <laughs> it says den should they go right on it. 64 and you you know you throttle up and down. And up you throttle.
2: It now correct is what is that hole Can in the guess? middle? For? Can anyone figure out what the hole in the middle is, is for? A, cu- a cup holder? Is that a it's cup holder? It's not a cup holder. Oh, that would have been great. Uh uh oh, I'm going to assume the mic. No. It's not the microphone, is it? I have no it's idea. It's for a stopwatch. Because you're a train
0: conductor. <laughs> oh. And trains use stopwatches. So it's for a pocket watch. Oh, put a pocket watch in there. Th- that's you know wild. how train okay. conductors always have the vests and they always have the pocket watch and they pull it out and they look at it? And no. they click, click or whatever. That's what it's for. <laughs> legitimately.
2: Just the, never seen the most dead faces. no idea what you're talking about. So thank you,
0: <laughs> Tito, for your
2: then should they they go
0: controller is what it's actually called (laughs) so that's uh, great yeah thank you for coming to my ted talk (laughs) but it's it's actually really confusing because there's no instructions anywhere online about how to use that and uh it's it's a lot it's actually really fun game really hard but it's really fun it's deceptively fun do
2: you have have, yeah you have the microphone
0: Yep, nice. and uh, highly suggest it.
2: Great, I want All
0: right, Nate, do you have a quick fact? you want to do, or we want to wrap? Uh, I'll do a quick it, fact. It can't be a six minute tirade.
1: Okay, it's only going to take twenty five. No six minute tirade <laughs> okay. this time. All right, so my quick fact mm-hmm. is this. So, back in the day, so people say, oh, you know, ancient people, they used to know how to make fire, right? Now, you wouldn't live like a, a day in ancient times because you couldn't make fire, right? Well, fun fact, uh, back in the day, they didn't make fire. Or rather, one guy did. But uh, the way it would work is essentially you kept the fire going. So you never, you made the fire once and you just keep it going. And then so when you need the fire, you would take that fire, like burn a little stick, bring it over to the other fire. And what happened is, let's say your fire went out, you just would borrow fire from a neighbor, right? So this idea that, you know, ancient people knew how to make fire, it's not true. They didn't know how to make fire. I mean, some did, obviously. They could get started back up again, but the the fire was more something that was uh kept over time. And a fire might be there for like years and years and years. You know, ideally you would never have it go out because the fire was always so useful.
0: That's actually really cool.
2: So is that the the first example of piracy or as I like to call it, firacy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, those land pirates always stealing my fire!
0: Having <laughs> that, 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 that reaction—that's the right reaction, actually.
1: <laughs> Hard. I, I think it's actually where the the term "firekeeper" comes from. Mm-hmm. It's the person who keeps the fire. Very important job. Huh. Well, is that like a trapper keeper?
2: Yes, exactly the same thing. Lisa Frank was actually Lisa Frank was actually the first firekeeper.
0: <laughs> Lisa Frank, the firekeeper. I want to see that Netflix documentary. Lisa Frank, Firekeeper, coming to summer 2020. Ooh, so badly <laughs> you won't believe your eyes when you see Lisa Frank, Firekeeper, rated PG 13.
2: Just Lisa Frank on fire. <laughs>
1: okay, I think we need another fact about bananas. Particularly, no, if someone who wants bananas, where would they find bananas? Okay, so if I'm glad you I'm glad
2: you brought that up because this is I think this is the only other banana fact I know. The best place to find out more about bananas, specifically, um, weirdly enough, excluding the the one banana fact I already talked about, but you can go to Who dot com, find out all sorts of stuff about banana related podcasts and videos, uh, clips, and store. Uh, and then there's pictures of people who talk about bananas, even. So it's a pretty good resource to to discover thing hilarious things you might not expect about bananas. And the uh, the age old quest to find out. In fact,
1: who, who wants, wants bananas?
0: Dot com. Highly, highly suggest. If you guys like this show, and you of course do, you're <laughs> going to like their show too. I promise you. Give it a try. Who wants bananas? highly highly
2: suggested thank you so much tyler for joining us thanks for having me it's been an absolute blast the uh as as noted by the the impromptu (laughs) second episode we ended up filming recording whatever um yeah been an absolute blast and we'll uh we'll have to work out something to to get you guys on i'm really excited
1: for that i want want bananas you want bananas Uh uh-huh uh i mean sometimes i dress up as a banana I, wait, what?
0: Sometimes you rule thirty four. Do you? Is it <laughs> peanut butter jelly time?
1: Peanut, oh, that used to be the biggest meme ever. And I don't biggest. know why. Like, like, why? Why would it come into like play everywhere? Like, there's no reason for it.
2: It was a moving yeah. picture. Oh, it was early a, a GIF? gif. At the time, it's gif. GIF? Gif. GIF? Nate. We need to talk.